So I was thinking of, of, of that this week of, of pride and father. And I was thinking about me as a dad and my pride and all the dumb stuff I, I've done. Uh, so it was July 25th, 2021. And I just, it was, it was a Sunday, the best day of the week. I just preached uh, my heart out. I led people to Christ. I literally, we baptized 20 people that day. It was an awesome day. I was celebrating, and if I'm being real, I was feeling a little bit too good about myself. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go have a celebration lunch. So I'm, my wife's already in the restaurant, and I'm, I'm backing my, my car into the, the parking spot at the restaurant, just kind of reflecting on what a great pastor I am. And all of a sudden, pop! What I didn't see was this. It broke, that little pillar with the jagged edges broke my rear windshield. And I'm going to tell you something, that wasn't the only thing that broke that day. God broke off some pride in my life. And so now, now I've got to figure out, I'm sitting in the parking lot, and it's raining, of course, and I'm thinking, like, what kind of story can I fabricate so as to minimize the damage to my, to my pride and to my wife, you know, because I've got to go in there and tell her what happened. And so I'm like just dying. But you know, um, that safety glass on the windshield, it's, it's a special kind of glass, right? It's, it's, they call it a safety glass because it's made in such a way, it's heated to 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit and then rapidly cooled and it tempers the glass and it makes it break in such a way that it's a benefit to the person in the car. You could say that in a sense, that glass was designed to break. And that breaking that occurred was actually a blessing because it broke off some things that I needed broken off in my life. Here's what I'm trying to say. Everyone, you know, Pastor John, preach, preach a message about blessing. And, 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 and you know what? We should, and we do. We are blessed. Praise God. But like, newsflash for you, the majority of this life is not lived in the blessing. The majority of this life is lived in the breaking. We talked about it last week. Put that verse up. 2 Corinthians verse 3 or chapter 3 verse 18. We are being transformed. Say being. Being. That's present tense. That's a process. It's we're works in process. We're in the process. We are being transformed. And that takes some time. That takes some work and you better believe it takes some breaking. But I don't want to stay a caterpillar my whole life. Like I kind of want to get to the butterfly stage, but there's this thing called metamorphosis. Anybody grow up and say, I want to be a, I want to be a, a caterpillar. I want to be a larva. Who wants to be a larva for the love of God? You want to be a butterfly. You want to soar, man. You want to fly. And, and to get to that place, newsflash, it's going to take some breaking. Here's what I want to talk I don't want to talk about the blessing today. I want to talk about what comes before the blessing because that's where most of our lives are lived. I want to talk about the breaking before the blessing. That's the name of the message, the breaking before the blessing. You ready? All right. So y'all need to be a little more inspired. Nine o'clock is way louder than y'all. I don't know what it is about 1045. I love y'all, but you got to act like you love Jesus for like the next 30 minutes, okay? 
All right, come on, come on. Make some, can you make some noise? Let's make some noise, make some noise, come on. There we go, there we go. Now we're ready to have some church. So, so Mark chapter 6, we're going to read the story of the, the, the feeding of the 5,000. How many know that this is the only miracle besides the resurrection that's in all four Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's, there's a, an account in each of the Gospels. That's pretty cool. That means this was an important event. And so, oh, by the way, it wasn't really the feeding of the 5,000 because they only accounted adult males. So realistically, we think, we think it, was, it was the feeding of about 20,000 people that day. So a huge crowd of people. And, and Jesus and his, his disciples had just finished what was a long day of ministry already, or so they thought. They, they withdrew to a little village called Bethsaida on the northeast shore of the Sea of Galilee where they were going to get some R&R, so they thought. But the problem is that the people like paparazzi, they followed them. And so Jesus being Jesus, he's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and teach. I'm going I'm to love these, these people. I'm going to teach them. Problem was it was getting late in the day. They were getting hangry. If you know what I mean, anybody get hangry? Yep, yep. There's, there's a donut with your name on it out there. Go ahead. But they're getting hangry. So what they did in Mark chapter 6, they offered Jesus a solution. They say, this is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Doesn't that just sound like a bunch of Christians? Send them away. It'd be all right. Okay. Awesome. Let's not, let, can we not be that church, guys? Can we, are we in agreement? Let's not be that church? Okay, cool. Um, but he answered, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the grass. They have a little small group. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Did he distribute them? No, no, not yet, not, not yet. He first broke the loaves. Then, say then, because that's where some of you are right now. Some of you are living in the then, Right? You're, 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 it's this transitional period, you know, you, you feel the breaking, but maybe you haven't found the blessing. You're right there. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Lord, thank you for what you're teaching us through your word, that the breaking isn't wasted. It comes as a precursor to, to blessing. God, thank you for the blessing that is to come. Help us be faithful in the breaking. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, so the disciples, they saw a problem. The problem is it's getting late. People are hungry. They're out in the middle of the boondocks. The closest in and out is like 20 minutes away. So they offer a solution. Their solution was, hey, Jesus, send them away. How many of you know that the salute the solutions that we offer in our storm say a lot about our expectations of God. What solutions do you offer in your storm? Because that reveals your expectations about your creator. And I have to tell you, 
when, when I started this church, I had some really small expectations of God. It was our first year. It was rough. It was challenging like every church plant is. But we were off, by church standards, we were off to a great start. And we, but we needed a building. And I'm like, okay, God, I got, they're not going to think I'm a good leader if, 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 if I don't get a building, right? And so, you know, I, I, there was a building, put that up, CFTN, a building over on Mountain View in Surprise. That building was for sale. I'm like, we got to get it. We got to get it. We got to get it. You know how many of that seats? That, 350 on a good day. If you're, yeah, if we're packed in like sardines, yeah, we can, we can get 350 in there. Comfortably 300 people. I was ready to settle for that because my expectations of what God was going to do, I'm like, isn't this great? There's 300 people here. And God's like, you need to think bigger. You need to think bigger. I was going to settle for, we have 1,400 seats in this, this venue, right? God, our expectations of God have to be bigger. Here's what I want you to do. Point number one, break off small expectations of God. Break off small expectations of God. Come on. Ken, stand up. Ken's like 71 years old. Shake him off. Shake him off. Woo! Nice, Ken. Dang. Phil Donahue. We got to shake off those, those, those expectations of God. The small, little, dinky expectations. God says, shake them off. And we can start. Here's how we start. Start by not telling God what to do and calling it your prayer life. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. How many people are like, I got a grocery list. I need you to do this. And God's like, you calling that a prayer life? You calling that a conversation? I'm just listening to you ramble this whole time about what you need. And and that's okay. Like, you bare your soul to God. But, like, God's not. (laughs) Some some of y'all, we went through this Christina Aguilera phase. Mm Mm-hmm. Christina Aguilera and God's. Jesus is our little genie in a bottle. Oh, you think the disciples were the only ones that did that? Told God what to do? We do it all the time. Uh, Here's one. God, give me that job promotion. Lord Jesus in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I want that, and I claim it in Jesus' name. And God's like, why are you talking like that? You know, you notice how people's voice change when they, get, they go to church? Yeah, they get, all, they, get, they get all holy and righteous and they like, get this whole thing on their voice and their Lord God told me before heaven and the foundations of the world that uh, you would get that job. I'm claiming it in the name of Jesus. And God's like, you're a weirdo. No wonder they think Christians are weird. And God says, you know what, I'm not giving that, I'm not giving that, that, um, that promotion. You know Why? Because I want you to deal with your coworker. I want you to, deal, you know, the one you don't like, deal with the commotion before you get the promotion. You know what I'm saying? Like that, he needs to know Jesus and you're giving him the stiff arm. And God's like, that's your assignment. Or, or, or we tell God what to do. God, I claim that new house, that brand new 45,000 square foot house in Jesus' name. Right? We do that all the time. And God's like, you know what? I'm not giving you a new house, but I will give you a new heart. Remember Ezekiel? That heart of stone, maybe our hearts got cold for people. Like maybe we've, we're too into stuff. We're too into like this beautiful house and, and the house of God is sitting right in front of you. And, and, and that's your assignment. That's your call is to, is to love that house. Or, or maybe, oh, here's one. Oh, how many times this requires me to actually hold the, this beautiful genie 
in a bottle because this one is so dear to so many people's heart. Lord, when you're like, you know, you're like maybe 17, 18 years old, maybe 20 years old, and you're like, oh, Lord, would you give me that girl? Oh, supernaturally impart to her spirit that I am in fact ordained by God to, to have her hand and to wed her and to, and to love her till death do us part. In the words of Garth Brooks, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. <laughs> because what you really needed and what God gave you was rejection. It didn't feel good at the time. It felt like breaking and it was breaking, but it's what you needed because your expectations of what God wants to do in your life were so small. I, I came across this quote the other day. The butterflies I once had for this person are now flying roaches. You better be thankful that God said no to that, to that, that girl or that guy. I'm so proud of Jay Panch. Where you at, Jay Panch? Back there. I went, I know it's a weird name, Jay Panch. That's his actual, it's actually his name. It's not, not I mean, it's, it's kind of weird, Jay Panch, for the record. Um, where you at? There you go, always on camera. So, and these guys, these volunteers, they come every week at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. You want to see the people who, who, who really run, so many of them are young people like, like that, and so it gives me great hope for the future. But, and this gives me hope, what you said. Remember the other day, a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, I said, you, got, you, got, you have a girl? And you're like, nope. I go, and he says, I don't want one. He said, because I'm, I need to work on me. I'm, thank God that, that we have that maturity, you know? So maybe God's trying to break off something, these small expectations of 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 who we, we think God is and what he wants to do in our life. Some of you are in a breaking season right now. Maybe you're watching online. You're in a breaking season. And there's a sense to which when we're in those seasons, we want to, we, we get a distorted view of what God's doing, okay? Um, for instance, we look at problems as problems. But how many of you know God doesn't look at problems? Your problems are not problems to God. They are possibilities. They are potential to God. So you got to understand, God looks at things a little different than we do. I was, it was 8.23 a.m. Wednesday morning. I'm at my computer. No joke. I'm literally looking at the screen as I'm writing this message, the breaking before the blessing. I kid you not. And this guy right there texts me, Josh Workman. He's allowed me to share this story. He texts me at 8.23 a.m. and says, pray for me. I'm in the ER with Hunter. Hunter has his son right there who's in high school sitting right next to him. He would explain that Hunter was on the way to school on his scooter when he impacted that tree. Yeah, ooh is right. And why, for the love of God, is that tree in the middle of the sidewalk? That's a whole other message called hello, right? I don't know. Anyways, it was there, and he unfortunately ran right into it and broke several bones in his face. And I, I had a picture, but I can't even put that picture up. It's not Sunday friendly of how you looked that first day, brother. It was, it was, it was rough. And so he literally experienced breaks. Right here, I'm like the blessing before the breaking, getting ready to say, okay, man. And he experiences some crazy breaking. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, this is the part of the message where he says that, because of your example and how great you were, 
and so, you know, just so nice to everyone that the, the ER doctor who didn't know Jesus came to know Jesus because of your faithfulness, right? That's how you think. No, no, no. It's not where we're going with this. They're still in the why stage. Why, God? Why? They're still in the, the how. How are you going to use this? this? This breaking, how is it going to be a, a blessing? Fair to say? You know, God spoke to me. He put this in my mind, this picture of a, a, a Riddler. Does God ever feel like a Riddler to you? Like, he, like your life is in, you're in the midst of a riddle? Except it's really not that funny, but you can't solve it. God told me, you can't solve the riddle when you're in the middle. Whew. Come on, someone better say amen on that because that was beyond my capacity. Some of you are in the middle. You're in the middle. You're in the middle of it. And you're trying to discern that which is unable to be discerned because you're in the middle. Uh, uh, Soren Kierkegaard, a Danish theologian, said it this way, life is lived forward but only understood backwards. You can't figure out the breaking while you're in the season of breaking. The breaking feels like hell in the midst of breaking. It doesn't feel like help. It feels like hell. But you look back after you've been through life and you look back and you say, oh my God, that was a precursor. That breaking was a precursor to the blessing in this season of my life. You couldn't see it then. You couldn't solve the riddle in the middle. But you get past the middle and you look back and you're like, there was a purpose for that pain. And God didn't waste any of it. How many know that God's a recycler? God's a recycler. He will take every scar, every bump, every bruise that you went through. Hunter, in some way, shape, or form, and I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know how he's going to do it. But it's the Romans 8.28 thing, and he does it every time. He's going to use some way, shape, or form. And, and you know what? When he does, tell me, because I'm going to tell you all. Okay? I'm going I'm to tell you because this was the moment. This was, you're, you're in the breaking. But when that blessing comes, you better believe I'm going to testify, or I'll let you testify what God did in you and through you through that breaking. Amen? Amen. Amen. He's, he ain't going to waste any of it. Not one single bit of it. So, you're in the middle. You want to answer. How many of you know that a guy named Andrew wanted to answer? Remember, this, this, this passage is in four different places in the Bible told slightly differently in each passage. So if you really want to understand the totality, the harmony of that story, you've got to read all four of them. We don't have time to do that today, but let me just take you back to a, a, a parallel account in John 6. Andrew says, here's a boy with five barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go? How are you going to do it, Jesus? How? How is this breaking going to lead to blessing? And, and don't you know, I love his response. This, the response that he gave Andrew is the same response that he gives us. His answer was, I'm going to supernaturally change the molecular structure of that and suspend the laws of science because science is pure empiricism and by virtue of its method, it excludes metaphysics. We wish. We wish we could get that kind of info. You know what we get? You know what he, tell, he did? He said, sit down. 
right there. Have the people sit down. He ghosted them, and he ghosts you too. Isn't that crazy? The Holy Ghost ghosts you? Like he doesn't always give an answer. In fact, he rarely does. That's where we don't understand it, but we trust. We trust in the midst of the riddle. We trust that the riddler has a reason for what he's doing. The breaking has a definitive purpose. And someday we will see it. We will see it someday. So what's our job? Our job is to obey in the absence of an answer. Can you do that? Can you obey when God brings you out to a, to a city and you're like, what's going on? You came out here for a job. The job didn't work out. Right? I'm proud of you because you're obeying in the absence of an answer. Most of life is lived in the absence of finality, in the absence of total clarity. So what do we do? We suck it up and obey, knowing that there'll be a day where we'll understand it. Maybe not even in this life, might be in eternity. Obey in the absence of an answer. I was looking at your text. You can pull up your phone and you can see this text where you, where you said, multiple breaks in his face, quote unquote, that's from you, multiple breaks in his face. I'm like, wait, 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 where have I seen that before? Where have I seen that before? Where have I seen that before? Mark 6. Josh's text, his text was Mark 6 text, the text we're reading today. What was broken was multiplied, multiple breaks. God first had to break the bread before he multiplied the bread. Oh, it gets even more crazy. This this is the author. God's an author, right? He's an author. He's creative. He was wearing glasses. Ooh, that's bad. Glasses, you know, in tree limb, glasses, eyes, bad thing, right? Well, it would be bad if his dad wasn't slightly a nerd and ordered him polycarbonate glasses. They're designed to break in such a way that benefits the user, just like my windshield. It's the breaking before the blessing. Amen? God's in it. God's in it. So we got to break off small expectations of God, and we need to break off limitations of yourself. John, you're new. Stand up. I don't like to do this to new people because you probably won't come back. Shake it off. Shake it off with your nice, with your nice leather jacket or pleather, whatever that is. I can't tell. It's all good here. I, I, I shop at Ross. We're cool. All right. Um, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. We got to shake off the limitations of ourself. We put, we impose limitations on ourselves all the time. And the, and the disciples did it too. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. In verse 13, they answered, we have owned. God told them to do something, they responded with their limitation. And we do it all the time. Christians, we do it all the time. Why? Remember a couple weeks ago I talked about the real we have? The real? You don't have to go to Facebook or Instagram just to get a real. You you got a real in your head. We we have reels that we create. And and where do those reels come from? Well, we're saying a pride of a father. Uh, Oftentimes our, our, our beliefs are informed by our experiences. What you think about yourself is relative to to what happened in your life, your experiences in your life. Experiences 
inform our beliefs, our beliefs inform our decisions, our decisions inform our results. Take it back. Our, our, we're, our experiences are what we tend to gather our real from. And so maybe someone had a, a father wound, maybe a, a, a father that didn't love you like he should, or a mother that didn't nurture you. And so that's created a real inside your soul. And what do we have to do? We have to begin to undo. We have to break off the limitations of ourselves. Break off that real that ain't real. And it's not like you'll deal with this for the rest of your life. This is a continual. That's why the Bible says you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind daily, right? This is a, I was dealing with the real two years ago. Two years ago, I, from this stage, I preached a message and I held up some shorts and I was making fun of the, the manufacturer of these shorts and saying, can you believe one leg is shorter than the other? Well, guess what I've since learned? It ain't the manufacturer. Somewhere in my 27 years of life, I was like, if you let me get away with that, that's awesome. Somewhere, one of my legs shrunk. I got a leg this shorter than the other leg. I'm not joking. You're about three-eighths about three of an inch. And so I'm like, and now I got a complex because I go to the gym and I'm like, pulling up the side just to make it look right in the mirror. And, and I'm like, everywhere I go, all I can see is this. Oh, you think this is funny, huh? You're laughing. You think it's funny? It is kind of funny. God's probably laughing his butt off, right? But for me, it became a real. Everything I saw was how I was. In, and what does the Bible say? Psalm 139. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I may have a shorter leg than one, but you know what? That's the leg that God gave me, and I'm thanking God for that short leg. And if you get in a fight, Chachi's here. I saw Chachi. Chachi, with you, if you come at me, I'm using my short leg. You come at me, Leon, I'm going by my tall leg. And some of y'all talk my ear off in, in the lobby, like about stuff, and I love to talk, but like sometimes you're talking about like, you know, what not to wear, or, you know, some show like that, or say yes to the dress. And I'm, and I'm just like, uh, and I've realized, you know, God gave me a tool. He gave me a, a leg that's shorter than, he gave me like a little kickstand, so I can just kind of just rest. <laughs> we got to change the real. We got to change the real. We got we to break off the limitations that we impose upon ourselves. Kayla Simon said it this way. The longer you entertain what's not for you, the longer you postpone what is. Someone say amen. 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 And church pastors, any pastor you meet, this is the real thing. We, we battle with our identity being wrapped up in what we do and by the number of people that come. And if we don't, a lot of people don't come to church, I suck. Right? That, that, that's, a, that's a real thing. And, and, but we're not really different because you kind of struggle with that same thing, right? Your identity is probably wrapped up in your job or, or, or what people say about you, right? And, and so that's the real. We have, so a year and a half ago, I was like, you know what? I saw uh, Don Wilson come up on my feed from CCV. And I'm, you know, I'm just a little church guy. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not a little church guy. I am who you say I am. I will be what you, you've destined me to be. All right? I, I'm, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I sent him like a little direct message thinking he's never going to get back with me. But you know what? I don't care. I know who I am in Christ. And I asked him, I said, you know, hey, my name is John. I started a church gathering. I'd love it if you would consider mentoring me because I like to have people who are older and wiser in my life and have gone where, where I haven't been yet. And uh, through a series of events, 
over this past year and a half. He's become a mentor in my life. He meets with me monthly. We have a, a great relationship. He's, he's helped. And, and by the way, let, let me be clear. We're, we're not trying to be CCV at all, any way, shape, or form. Thank God for them. Thank God for what they're doing. Thank God for their ministry. We're, we're a church called The Gathering, and we know what we're called. I'm comfortable in my skin. I know who I'm called to be, but, but I want to have good voices in my life. He's been married for like 53 years, he and Sue. Like, he's been in ministry, right? And so, but I have to get past the, the real of, oh, I'm nobody. I can't reach out to him. And, and here's the cool thing. On March 12th, He's going to break. He hasn't preached, I think, like in two or three years. He's going to break his preaching fast and come on the 12th of March to the gathering and speak. Isn't that cool? Check it out. And so if just 10% of people who are followers of Jesus Christ would stay in this chair and do whatever it takes to live the life that is different and put God first, we can bring revival to this country. Amen, I'm excited. So make sure if you know people who are unchurched, they don't have a church home, uh, invite them uh, to March 12th. It's going to be an awesome time uh, in, in God's presence. And by the way, the, the, God used him to start one of the biggest churches in the world, 40, I think they're up to 40,000 people now. And while they, you know, we're not trying to be them, I'm thankful for them and what they're doing for our community. Amen? Amen. All right, so uh, I want to talk to you about your limitation, how God uses your limitation to to launch you. I know it sounds crazy because we think of our limitations as limitations, but your limitation can be a launching pad. Let me, let me show you from the text. I could sh- Everyone knows about Moses. Moses was this guy. He had a speech impediment, and God called him to lead the people. You, know, with a, you wouldn't think he would call someone with a speech. He did. There's a guy named Paul that everyone knows about. He had these thorns in the flesh. We don't know what they were, but he asked God, take them away. God said, nope. In your, in your weakness, I'm strong, right? So, so we can understand this principle, but let me show you in the story so you don't miss this because there's this, this guy named Philip that everyone misses because he's not talked a lot in the Bible. So John 6, he said to Philip, so there's Jesus talking, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Jesus is kind of sneaky. Wow. He, he was just doing that. He was just messing with him. So, so then the student of the Bible asks himself, herself, why? Why Philip? Why do they single out Philip? Why would he ask Philip that? So what we do is we go to, we, was only, Philip's only talked about this Philip, the Philip the disciple, is only talked about three times. John chapter 1, that's when Philip went to get Nathaniel, and he said, hey, Nathaniel, come and see Jesus. He's the real deal. All right, so we have this see. Then we go, next time it chooses John 12, Greeks, some Greeks asked Philip to introduce him to Jesus before they wanted to see Jesus, and they go to Philip. Hmm, okay. Third time, John 14, after the Last Supper, what did, what did he ask? He asked of Jesus. He said, Jesus, can I see the Father? Interesting. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Here's, here's the point. He, Jesus knew his limitation. 
His limitation was, I got to see things. I got to control things. I got to fix things. And so Jesus is like, I'm just going to play with you. I'm going to mess with you. I'm going to mess with you. And I'm going to give you something you can't fix. You can't control. Your, your mental acuity ain't going ain't to work in this situation. You can't discern it. Mm-mm. God wants to use that limit, your limit, my limit, whatever it is, you know yours. Whatever it is, he wants to use that as, as, as a launching pad to do something great. But it feels like breaking. And it is breaking. But it's a breaking that leads to blessing. Remember that. February, February 8th, Zach Meerkrebs, he was the speaker at Asbury University. The day it all started. You know what he said about his sermon? This happened, by the way, the, the revival happened right after his sermon. You know what he said about his sermon? He, he told one news outlet, he said, I totally whiffed the sermon. And then after teaching that message, he texts his wife these words, latest stinker, I'll be home soon. That's what he thought about his message. He was limiting himself and what the Most High God could do in him and through him because he thought it was a stinker. And two weeks later, they were still worshiping the Most High God and everyone around the world was watching. Come on. Woo. That's the breaking before the blessing. So we break off... Small expectations of God, we break off limitations of yourself, and lastly, we have to realize that breaking illuminates your light. The breaking that God allows is for the purpose of illuminating your light. Let me show you in the scripture. Verse 41, taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And here comes the weird part. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. Why would a God who catered the meal refuse to carry the meal? Because the story of the feeding of 5,000 really isn't about the 5,000. But wait a second, Pastor John, my Bible says so. That little, the little subheader says feeding of the 5,000. That wasn't in the original text. That was some guy or some girl, some editor that put that in there. And quite frankly, they did us a disservice. Because it's really not about the 5,000. If it was about the 5,000, Jesus would have, the same God that made it appear out of nothing, that multiplied it, would have put it in their laps and saved all the busy work of having to be Uber Eats and deliver it. Oh, and by the way, here's another thing. John 6, keep reading. Keep reading. Go home and read what happens after the feeding of the 5,000. John 6, verse 66, easy to remember. What happened? The people left. The people that were there, they left him because the Bible says the teaching got hard which is why I don't try to tickle ears up here. I just try to preach the gospel and God's gonna do with it what he's gonna do with it. I love y'all. I hope you come back, but people leave when the teaching gets hard. It is what it is. If they left Jesus, certainly they're gonna leave me too. He's a way better speaker than me. But the point is, it really wasn't about the 5,000. 
It should be called the feeding of the 12. The feeding of the 12. And it wasn't about food. Food was a prop. Food was not the focus. The 12 was the focus. He wanted to illuminate their light because Jesus was going to go. And they were charged to spread that light of Jesus Christ across a dark world. The feeding of the 12. He said, I want to, and he said it, he said, you give them something to eat. You can give them something to eat. Ginger, give them something to eat. Hunter, whew, it's hard now, but God's equipping you through that breaking to give somebody something to eat spiritually, to be a light that shines bright. It's easy to shine bright when everything's going great in your life. It's hard, but your witness is magnified in the mess. You're the light. You give them something to eat. But be warned that your light is activated through breaking. I know you don't want it that way, neither do I. But your light is activated. It's illuminated. It shines brighter when it's broken. Some of you uh, saw a post from next door that Nathan, a guy that lives in our city, put up. He, he was going through a Dollar Tree. And there was a mom and her two boys in line. It was a big, long line. And the young, there was a teenage boy and a toddler. Her toddler was crying. And so she went and grabbed off the shelf a glow stick. She quickly handed it to the crying toddler, and he stopped. At least for a while, he stopped. But then the teenager, his brother, came and got the, the glow stick. And immediately the, the, the baby starts crying, starts fussing, up until the point at which the teenager broke the glow stick. <laughs> the tears of, of sorrow turned to tears of joy as that little baby, that little toddler saw that stick light up. The boy comes back and says to, the, to, to his brother, he says, I had to break it for it to have its full effect. And God's saying the same thing to us. Today, we're that little child going through what we're going through. Maybe it's lost. Maybe your heart's broken. I don't know what your tears are about, but God sees it all. And he's whispering to you today that it's going to be okay. That, that he's illuminating something in our life. Maybe something that has faded over time. Or maybe because of some event, it robbed us of the light. And God's saying, I am reactivating your light today. And you're going to shine brightly in a world that needs to understand that I bless people, but I do it through the breaking. It's the breaking before the blessing. What we're going to do is we're going to end today. You're each are going to get a glow stick. We have our connectors. They're coming right now, and they're going to uh, pass these out, and you're each going to get a glow stick. Do me a favor. Do not break them, okay? We're going to see 
Who's going to do this? I know someone's going to break. But we're going to break them together. So wait, please wait. Hold on the glow stick and wait, and we will break them together as a church family in about 60 seconds or so. So why are we doing this? We're doing this because we're, I want you to have a mind picture, a mental image of a church that collectively understands the principle of blessing through breaking. So I want you to grab that glow stick and we're gonna, you're gonna leave with a mind picture of the powerful light that a church family can have when we choose to look at our breaking as a blessing, even when we can't see it. You say, well, how, Pastor John, how can I be a blessing? How can I be a light to the gathering? Well, last week we had almost 1,400 people in our, in our services and our kids' ministry has exploded. And so I wanna ask you or answer your question that I asked, how can you be a light? Jesus said, if, if you love me, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And so I wanna encourage you. We have some, some uh, three tables set up with green balloons and on your way out, I want you to take your glow stick right to that table. You don't have to give them the glow stick. But take your glow stick as, as a symbol to say, I'm, I want to be a light. I want to feed those sheep. I want to sign up to volunteer maybe once a month in kids' ministry. And by the way, you're not babysitting. You're literally feeding people sheep. You're feeding them the truth. You're their pastor. Okay? You're writing on their pages. It's a big deal to God. And you say, maybe I can serve once a month or twice a month. Or maybe you can serve every week and just go to, one, go to the early service and attend one or vice versa. There's 168 hours in every week. Is God worth two? Can you give him two? So I just wanna encourage you to, to, to wrestle with that. And you can either sign up on the app or on your way out, you can go up to those, uh, those three tables with the green balloons and literally feed God's sheep. All right, you, you guys, everyone gotta have a glow stick? All right, on the count of three, we're gonna break them. Is there a purpose in pain? One. Does God have a plan through it all? Yes. Two. Is there blessing that comes from breaking? Yes. Come on, illuminate your light. Let's go. Illuminate. Come on. Come on. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. We're going to sing a song together. And this is an oldie but goldie. If you've been in church for a while, you'll know this one. If you're new, you'll, you'll learn it. We're going to sing it. Ready? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. Sing it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Shine all over surprise. Sing it out. Shine all over surprise. I'm gonna let it shine. Come on, sing it. Shine all over surprise. I'm gonna let it shine. Shine all over surprise. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Come on, be a light in the midst of your breaking. Can you be a light for Jesus? You're the light at the end of someone's tunnel that needs Jesus.
that's crying out for Jesus, that's praying for Jesus, that's praying that God will send an answer to their prayer, you're the answer. You're the light because you hold the light of Christ within you. Be that light. This thing's gonna burn out in about seven hours, eight hours, right? But you don't have to. We don't have to. Let us be known as people of light, people that bring hope to a city that is crying out for hope. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, I thank you for each person that's in a season of breaking, whether watching online or whether here present today. I just thank you that you are doing a work. I pray that we would see you in the midst of the riddle, God. We would trust you. We would trust what we can't always see, trust what we can't always discern, trust what we can't always know, believing that you are making a way. You are doing something in the midst of all the breaking we're enduring. I thank you for each heart, each soul, each life that's represented under the sound of my voice. Give them courage. Sustain them. Be their sustenance, God. Be their food. And let them know that you are always there. You are always there through all the breaking. Until we can see the plan, until we can see the blessing, may we be people of faith that trust that you are at work in our lives. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you don't know Jesus, you're watching online or you're here today and you've never made that decision, you're missing out on the light, that light that will change your life. If you want to know him, you can make that decision right here, right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just, just pray something like this. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need the light that only comes through Christ. And so today I give you my life. Light me up, Jesus. Light up my life and my eternity as I make you, Jesus, my God, from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome those people in the family, God? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, listen, if you made that decision, we've got uh, some stuff at our Connect counter we'd love to give you. Make sure you stop there. Also, if you need prayer, our prayer team and pastors were here. We'd love to pray with you. And remember, on the way out, stop at the table with the green balloons and feed God's sheep and be a light to those kids. God bless you guys. Have a great week.